Sister, I guess we're about ready. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? All right, let's stand together. Let's take us a red songbook, one of those big red ones, All-American Hymnal. And let's turn to number 307. 307. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, by my glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, by my glory. Revive us again. We praise thee, O God, for thy spirit of life, who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night. Hallelujah, by my glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who hath borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All right, Jackson. Uh, well, we're going to remain standing. It's time to take up the offering this morning. And uh, prayer request time. I'm going to mention real quick that we're going to pray for Sister Phyllis uh, to get well, where she can be back with us soon. Uh, thankful to have Brother Wally here with us. My goodness, good to have Lucas. Good to have visitors all over the house. Good to have Scott here with us. Yes, sir. You got prayer requests? Yes, sir. We'll we'll lift him up in prayer, brother. Others prayer requests. Others have. Yes, Mister. Okay. Amen. I know you're excited. I I start to think I was gonna have one. This, I was gonna have my my, my daughter this morning. Uh, Still ain't sure we ain't going to have her today. Y'all pray for Stephanie. She's having some uncomfortableness this morning. But uh, we're close. We're close. And I know y'all are excited. We're excited. Amen. Anybody else? Got a prayer request? Not a baby on the way, but a prayer request? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes. All right. Sure will. You need to pray for Grandpa anyway. But but I see what you're talking about. I'm playing, baby. I'm playing. <laughs> she don't look like she's happy I said that. <laughs> I'm a grandpa. <laughs> I know. You got a good grandpa. That's right. Anybody else? Anything? 
We come to pray. Amen. We come to pray and meet with God. If you got something, say it now. Yes, Miss Charlotte, I'm sorry. You had your hand up. Yes, ma'am. That's right. And I've, there's probably four or five I, that I've thought about during the week that I that I can't remember at this moment. But you know, God knows them. God knows who they who they are and their needs, and He He knows that with you too. So uh, I'm just glad to be here this morning. Amen. I'm glad you're here. Good crowd this morning, and we're gonna meet with God today. Amen. I told Brother Grant I don't know how he does it every week, but he seems to come up with the same verses. I mean, you, you look how you look how many verses in this Bible. I, I, God has got to be in it because me and him tread on the same piece of property every week. Every week he'll he'll get right off into what I'm talking about. So uh, you can't you can't plan that. Amen. Oh well, I guess you can, but I mean we didn't. So God did that, and I just rejoice that God is at work here in this church. Amen. And I'm glad you came this morning, and I hope you received from Him today because that's truly our heart's desire is that you meet with the Lord. Yes, Brother Lucas. I have a request and short testimony. Uh, kids are having BBS this week, and so Wednesday night, uh, kind of dinosaur thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, said, you know, come and it'll be dynamite, you know, have fun with it. But each night I've been teaching the kids one of the names of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wednesday night was Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees and the God who provides. And the lesson was from Abraham and, uh, and Isaac, where uh, Abraham was going to sacrifice him and uh, I think that's where the lamb he said God will provide himself a lamb. And so, uh, you know, good lesson and all. Um, and good for the kids to, to know that. Uh, but the next day at work, about noon, they call some of us in and said they're eliminating our position. Mm. So I go home Thursday early. Kids said, what are you doing at home, Daddy? Uh, just a moment. Come a while. I said, but you know what? Yes, sir. Amen. He will. He will. You be praying for Lucas. It's expensive to live where they live. (laughs) He needs a job to pray. I mean, you got skills, brother. That's one thing. You got skills. So they've got to be a place. But we'll be praying that God opens that door for you. Amen. Absolutely. Any others? Any others? I'll shorten my sermon for prayers. Amen. I will. <laughs> I'm not going to lie from the pulpit, brother. I'm not going to lie from the pulpit. Come on. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us today. Let's pray for his for His presence today. Brother Robert, lead us in prayer. Yes. Amen. You can be seated. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We'll sing the first, second, and the last verse. (laughs) 
This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior pardoned me, and now I onward go. I know he'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Last verse. Just up in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their songs of sweetest praise drift back from heaven's shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Praise God! Oh, I do want to mention this. I didn't mention it when we were when I was uh, we had prayer time and announcements, but we're eating after service back here in the fellowship hall, and I hope you came uh, without the expectation of having to go somewhere and feed yourself because we got plenty of food, and we want you to stay in fellowship with us. We'll feed you, give you something to drink, and we'll fellowship with you. So please, after service, don't 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 run off. Stick around and eat with us today, all right? Amen. Number 75, 75, sound the battle cry. Sound the battle cry. See the foe is nigh. Raise the standard high for the Lord. Gird your armor on. Stand firm, everyone. That's your cause upon his holy word. Rousing soldiers, rally round the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Strong to meet the foe, marching on we go, while our cause we know must prevail. Shield and banner bright, screaming in the light, battling for the right we ne'er can fail. Rousing soldiers, rally round the banner, ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna, Christ is captain of the mighty throng. O thou God of all, hear us when we call, help us one and all by thy grace. When the battle's done and the victory's won, may we wear the crown before thy face. 
rousing soldiers rally round the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Amen. We're, you know, God says we're soldiers. Amen. He tells us to endure hardness as a good soldier. Amen. And we're supposed to be marching for the Lord. Amen. We really are in our life. We're not just coasting, waiting on Jesus to blow the horn. We're supposed to be marching as soldiers in the battle because the enemy sure is coming toward us. Amen. We're to meet him in battle in the Lord's strength. Amen. I'm not going to preach a sermon. I just thought you... I'd want to share that with you. 172. 172. <coughs> we're not to cower. Amen. We're, we're soldiers. 172. Neath the banner of the cross. There's a royal banner given for display to the soldiers of the king. As an ensign fair, we lift it up today while his ransomed ones we sing. Marking on, marking on, for Christ count everything but loss. And to crown him king, toil and sing neath the banner of the cross. So the foe may rage and gather at the flood, let the standard be displayed. And beneath its folds as soldiers of the Lord, for the truth be not dismayed. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but loss, and to crown him king, toil and sing. Beneath the banner of the cross, over land and sea, wherever man may dwell, make the glorious tidings known. Of the crimson banner, now the story tell, while the Lord shall claim his own. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but loss. And to crown him king, toil and sing neath the banner of the cross. When the glory dawns, his drawing very near, it is hastening day by day. Then before our king the foe shall disappear, and the world the cross shall sway. Marching on, marching on. For Christ count everything but loss, and to crown him king, toil and sing neath the banner of the cross. Hallelujah. One of these days, one of these days, it's going to all be, all this strife is going to be over. Amen. And the world ain't going to be at odds with us anymore. They're going to be in submission to our Savior when he sits on the throne. In Israel, amen. The whole wide world is going to be in peace then, but not until then. Amen. We can't expect it until then. When they say pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that's when Jesus comes back. That's the only time there's ever going to be peace, real peace. Amen. But I tell you what, I'm grateful today that no matter how it looks when I turn on the news, no matter how it looks when I look at my phone and read the news on there, it doesn't matter what I see. 
Because God's promised me something. He's promised me I'm a winner. And if you're in Christ today, you're a winner. Amen. Once I wandered out in sin, had no peace, no joy within, and my soul was burdened down with pride. But the Savior came along and he showed me I was wrong, and he placed me on the winning side. Well, I Yes, I'm on the winning side. No more out in sin will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord, I'm on the winning side. From the straight and narrow way, I was drifting every day out upon the water sea and wide. But it all is over now. Glory light shines on my brow. Now my soul is on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I no more out in sin will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord, I'm on the winning side. I will never have to fear for my Lord, he's ever near. And in him, so often I confide. Well, he's the keeper of my soul since I gave to him control. And he placed me on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I am on the winning side. No more out in sin will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord, I'm on the winning side. Yes, he's the keeper of my soul since I gave to him control. And I know I'm on the winning side. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm, that's a guarantee, folks. Amen. Don't hang your head. When this world, listen to me, when this world starts getting on you, don't hang your head. It's always darkest for the dawn. Amen. Y'all know that. Hallelujah. This world's getting dark, but that's, that's just because the sun's about to rise. Amen. Hallelujah. Take your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 15 this morning. John chapter 15, amen. Now listen, I know he done rose. I ain't saying that, but he's thinking to come back. Amen, that's what I mean. He's coming back. 
Hallelujah. John chapter 15, verses 18 through 25. I was telling my wife on the way over here, I sure wish I had a sweet little uplifting message I could give everybody. But they don't always fall like that. <laughs> I try not to get on your toes too hard, but it never fails. I always end up on them. I'll try. Amen. But I'll tell you, I love you. Amen. I ain't mad at nobody this morning. But I, but you know what? God tells us some hard things in his word. He does. God, that's one thing about God that I really appreciate. God doesn't sugarcoat nothing. He ain't going to beat around the bush and he ain't sugarcoating it. He's going to give you a straight dose and tell you to swallow. Amen? Because you need it. John 15 this morning. John 15, verses 18 through 25. And if you hadn't been here before, let me just tell you, you're in part 177 this morning of a sermon series entitled Getting to Know Jesus. We started when... when when Mary was pregnant with Jesus and she went down to visit her cousin Elizabeth and, and John the Baptist just jumped up and, and jumped in, in Elizabeth's womb when when she heard when he heard, Amen, hey babies babies are alive in there, you know, Amen. They don't they're not they don't they don't become living souls when they come out, they're alive in there, Amen. He heard Hey, he jumped when he heard that Jesus was in that other womb over there, Amen. His cousin, hey, that's that's hey, that's him. Amen. So, I mean, that's where we started, and we've worked our way, sermon by sermon, sermon by sermon, 176 of them up to this point this morning. And you say, what in the world purpose was that? Because I want folks to get to know Jesus. I don't, listen, the Bible, he said, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And I said when I began this sermon series, you can, you can have acquaintances that you see every now and then, and you may feel like you know them, but you truly don't know them because they can do some things that surprise you and you never expected. I mean, you can have close friends that still, even though you think you know them, they may come out of left field with something and totally shock you. Why in the world would they make that decision? Listen, you say, well, I thought I knew them better than that. I dare say there's some folks who, who, were, who are married or have been married and their spouse just all of a sudden turned on a dime and became something else. And you say, where did this come from? Who are you? I don't even know you. But I'm going to tell you something. You can get to know Jesus. He don't change. Hey, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never going to change, amen? And I can rest in that. I got confidence in that. And he's been telling, listen, where we're at in the Bible right now, Jesus is... They, the disciples and he, they've been in the upper room. They've eaten the Last Supper. He's washed their feet, and now they've got up and they've walked down into the, in, in, through the city of Jerusalem. They're on their way to the, to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's talking to his disciples along the way. These are the, this is the last real conversation he's going to have with them before he goes to die on that cross. So his, these are his last words to them, his words of parting to them before he dies. These are very, very, very crucial, important words that they grasp because they're about to find themselves without him. And they're about to find themselves in a very dark place while he's in that tomb. And they're going to have a crisis of their soul while he's in that tomb. They've got to figure out whether they really trust him or not. And so there are all kinds of doubts swirling in their minds as it is. And, and he's told them about him being the, the, the true vine, his father, the husbandman, and without me you can do nothing. And, and through him, only through him can you bear fruit in this life. And he said the way you do that is to love me. 
keep my commandments, love me. And that way everybody will know you're my disciples because I've loved you. You love them like I've loved you with agape love, with God's love. And he got over here. He got over here to verse 18. That's where we're going to pick up and read this morning, 18 through 25. The Bible says, If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had come and spoken unto them, I'm sorry, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not known, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass. The word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I come before you this morning and I need you. Lord, I need you. Father, these folks have come to hear from you. They've come to be fed from the Word of God. And, Father, I'm here to, to, to dish it out to them, Lord, and I need you. Steady my mind. Steady my heart. Steady my mouth. Fill me with the words of, of God. Holy Ghost of God, give me unction and power from on high. I need Holy Ghost power this morning. Lord, they need Holy Ghost power to hear it and receive it and understand it and apply it to their life. Lord God, we pray for all those that are listening to us on the Internet. Father, we just pray that you reach out and you touch lives this morning. Save some sinner near his hell, Father. Lord, if there be one among us who's lost and undone in their sin, Father, I pray that this be the day that they come to the end of their self, that they realize their sin is going to send them to hell. They realize that they have to come to you and they have to lay it down at your feet and say, Lord, I trust you and I believe on you. And I'll accept you as my Savior. I, I, Lord, I believe you and I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. I turn myself over to you, Lord. I receive you and, and I'll make you Lord. You're my Lord and I love you and I want to serve you. Oh, Lord, I pray somebody would come and do that. Oh, Lord, get, just come right on into eternal life, Father, and enjoy it. Lord, we'd rejoice. We'd, Lord, we'd rejoice all over this place if somebody were to get saved. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Teach us from it. Feed us, Lord. We love you so much. Forgive our sins and meet with us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thought about what title to put on this. I really don't know what I'm going to put on it. Not of this world. That'd be a good one. Hated without a cause. That'd be a good one. I don't know. I know this. The Lord's telling us something we need to realize. It doesn't, take a, it doesn't take an Einstein to turn on the news this day and time and see that the world hates us. They're trying their best to do everything they can. I saw this week where one of those Black Lives Matter folks, I think it was earlier this week, I think his name was Sean King, he, he, he made this uh, proclamation that they need to stop tearing down the historical statues of Confederate soldiers and whatnot, and they need to start tearing down Jesus' statues. Now, that sounds horrific, but if you think about it, the Bible tells us not to make any graven image. 
unto God because nobody knows what God looks like to begin with. We're not supposed to be building statues of Jesus. So if that hurts your feelings that they tear them down, you need to remember that it don't hurt God's feelings because he didn't want them to start with. Amen? But what troubles me is not Jesus' statues. What troubles me is what lies beyond that. They can tear down a statue, that's fine, but then they start coming to the church. Then they start coming for the people inside of it. It's a progression. And, uh, and I fear that's where our country's headed into, into all, all that Marxism. And it shouldn't be a surprise to any of us because, listen, we've shut God out of our colleges and our universities. did that about 60 years ago. And they began to teach this, this uh, liberal Marxist ideology in our schools. And then about 50 years ago, uh, you know, they, 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 they made it legal to, uh, to murder babies. They kicked God out of the uh, schools. And, uh, and they've slowly been kicking him out of every other aspect of life. And, and where God isn't allowed, everything else in the world is. So we're reaping the fruit of losing the moral uh, fiber of this country when we, when we left God. And, and so we're going to see, and again, the, the Word of God is just reading off the newspapers today, basically. It, it's telling us what we're living in today. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad that we have this message because we need, we need to understand some things. Amen. Uh, listen, first of all, let's look at verse 18. He said, if the world hate you, that's a strong word. That means the world would have you dead if they could. You know, the Bible says we're, we're, we're a sheep for the slaughter. We're, we're counted as sheep for the slaughter all day long. Amen. The world hates you. He, Jesus said, but and, and again, he's on his way. He's on his way to his own death. And he's telling them, look, they hate me. They're going to hate you too. And it, they hated me before they hated you. First John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not. See, we're not like the world. Amen? We're the sons of God. If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus... You are a son or a daughter of God. Amen? That makes us different from them. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're not like the world anymore. We're supposed to come out from among them and be you separate. That's what the Bible says. Amen? All right. So, he says, Therefore the world knoweth us not, because they knew him not. No, they, they called him a madman. They called him a lunatic. They told him, you got a devil in you. See, that's the way they look at us. We're crazy. We've lost our mind. Believing in some pie in the sky, God up there above all we can see. That's what they think when they look at us. Verse 3 of that same chapter, it says, And every man that hath this hope in him, in him purifies himself, even as he is pure as a believer. I want to separate myself from all the worldly nonsense and all the worldly garbage. But what the world does, they turn around and say, Well, who do you think you are? What makes you so special? See, the world don't understand because they don't know him. They don't know that we're to come out from among them. And in verse 13, that same chapter, he says, Marvel not. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. I can remember just being a teenager, and, and, and there were some things that other people were doing, and, and I won't fool with it. And I remember the, and I'm sure some of y'all do too, you remember the, the being shunned because you wasn't cool as we are. Amen? Amen? And then later on, I joined in with them and found out they weren't cool at all. Amen? And I'll tell you, most of them right now, they, some of them ain't alive no more because they carried on in their folly. But the world hates you if you won't join them in their foolishness. 
They, uh, the world, the world don't understand why you won't come have a drink with them. World don't understand why you don't fool around on your spouse. World don't understand why you don't go gamble all your paycheck away. Why you ain't standing there buying seventy dollars worth of lottery tickets in line with them? They don't understand. They can't get it. They don't understand why it's a big deal to kill a baby in the womb. They don't understand. They don't understand why you have a problem with their sodomite lifestyle. They don't understand. John three twenty. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. He ain't getting around. Don't you don't don't come at me with that Bible. Don't you come at me with that Bible preacher. Don't you preach at me. Why? Because I don't want to hear it. Why? Because you don't want your works shown for what they really are. See, that's what that's what they don't want. That's why they hate us. Because God has commanded us to preach this word, and this word turns the light on them. Amen. I got a, uh, well, our friend Richard Miller, he preached year, years ago. I heard him preach one time about down south Louisiana. He said, down, he, he, was, he said he was from 75 miles south of New Orleans, Louisiana. Most people don't know there's anything 75 miles south of New Orleans, Louisiana. But he said down there, down there, in a, he said in the summertime, he said everybody's got roaches. Everybody, water bugs, roaches, wherever you call them, they're so thick down there, they get in everybody's house. He said, when he's growing up, everybody had them. And by the way, y'all know what the difference, and I'll just throw this in, y'all know what the difference between roaches and water bugs are? Roaches is when they're at somebody else's house. Water bugs is just at your house. <laughs> I learned that a long time ago. <laughs> oh, it's just a water bug. But he said, look here. He said, you be gone all day long. You come in that house at the end of the day. He said, you flip the light on, and man, them roaches just scatter and go every which way because they don't like the light turned on them. He was preaching in a church up in Arkansas. He said, and that's what's wrong with some of y'all. I preach the light, and y'all scatter because y'all a bunch of roaches, amen. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you that, amen, but that's what he said, amen. God help him. But anyway, but they don't like the light being turned on them. That's why the world hates us because we've got the book. Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Blessed are you, though, Jesus said. Blessed are you when men shall hate you. Blessed, Lord, blessed. Yeah, blessed. Because you know whose company you're in. When men hate you for standing for Jesus, he said you're blessed because you're in the right spot with the right person. Amen? When they shall separate you from their company. I don't want nothing to do with you and your Bible-thumping self. Hey, that's all right. I'll take that. And they shall reproach you. They'll talk bad about you behind your back. And cast you cast out your name as evil. For the Son of Man's sake. I can tell you, I've had that done to me many a time. I've been called every name in the world. Why? Because I won't compromise on this book. Not because I'm a mean person. I'm not a mean person. You can ask my wife. I'm a gentle-hearted person. But I will not bend when it comes to this book. I'm a rod of iron when it comes to this book. I will not bend. Amen? Because God's more important to me than anybody walking on this earth right now. And their opinion means absolutely zero if it runs contrary to the Word of God. i got to hurry. Amen. So verse 19. He said, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world. But I've chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world hateth you. If you were of the world, see, they, 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 they still, I still have old friends, and they'll see me sometimes, and they say, oh, you ought to come out to the bar and play music with us. Well, I ain't going to do that. 
Say, well, you'd have a good time. I might enjoy playing music with you, but I wouldn't enjoy being on some honky-tonk. Lord, no, I don't want to go in there and listen to a bunch of hollering and cussing and, and, and watching people uh, doing all kinds of ungodly things. I got no desire for that. No way, no how. See, I grew up playing music all my life. I love to play music. I love to sing. I love to sit around and play music with, with, with my brother and some of my other friends, but I, I have no desire to go back to that life. I've come out from that. I'm not going back. I'm not of that world. I have no part with that world. I have no desire for fame or fortune. I have no desire for people to ooh and ah over me. I got none, none of that anymore. Amen? No, I'm, even if I ever had it, I still don't have any, and I won't have any desire for it because I'm called out from all that. 1 John 4, 4 and 5, Jesus said, or John, he said through John, he said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I got more, I got more in my life since Jesus has flooded my life than I ever had having people stand there and clap for me. Or tell me, oh, you're so good, or all this, or I love this, or love that. That don't do anything for me like when I know the Lord's pleased with me. Amen. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade what I have in Jesus for all the applause in the world, for all the accolades that the world could give me. He said, "Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world." They are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. I want you to turn over in your Bible to First John chapter two. First John chapter two. We're going to be there just a minute. First John chapter two. And if you if you if you know where I'm going, verse fifteen through seventeen. I think some of you probably do. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You cannot, you cannot love on God. You cannot please God. You cannot do a thing for God while you are in love with this world. <coughs> That's my wife. Y'all seen me sitting with her. I love her. You know what? Seven days a week, I'm going to love her. If I chose to only love her six days a week and one day of the week go find me another woman to love, I wouldn't be a very good husband. She wouldn't appreciate it, and it wouldn't last until the water got hot either, I can tell you that. <coughs> but we look at that and we say, well, you'd be wrong to do that. But if I say I love God and I only spend... Sundays and Wednesdays, Wednesdays with him, and the rest of the time I spend with the world, enjoying and loving the things of the world, then I'm not really loving God very well, am I? Not very faithful either, am I? No. He said, he said for all that's in the world, and he's going to tell us what the world consists of, he said the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So we're going to look at those three things real quick that he's telling us to stay away from. He's telling us we're not of the world, so what are we talking about? Number one, the lust of the flesh. That's that, that's that consuming desire to do. I want to do what I want to do. It's my life, and I'm going to do what I want to do. You ain't gonna tell ain't nobody gonna tell me what I can do. I'll do what I wanna do. You know that's satanic. That's satanic. I I just happened to to have run across some Satanism in my life. 
Okay, I used to, and I'm just going to tell you, I used to be a rock and roll singer, and in being a rock and roll singer, I was around a lot of other rock and roll musicians, and some of them were into some pretty dark things. I, I, I had a friend one time played guitar, and he had a girlfriend, and in her house, she had a copy of the Satanic Bible. Out of curiosity, I picked it up and thumbed through it just to see what was in it. You know, there's a place in there, they have something like Proverbs. But in there, one of the Proverbs in there that they have is written by a man named Aleister Crowley. And in there, it's, it's, I think it's called the Law of Philema, and it says, Do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. That's the satanic proverb. And oh, let me tra- translate. Whatever you want to do, do it. I can translate to the hippie generation. If it feels good, do it. The said, I did it my way. He's, he's preaching the same message. And down through the years, R&B groups, country groups, rock groups, any of them, they've continued that message on. It's the message of rebellion. It's the message, a message of God don't matter. I am my God. I'll do what I want. That's the world. Right now, in this nation, people are running through the streets doing what they want to do. Jude 1, 16 through 18. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust and their mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration cause of advantage. Oh, boy, them big Democrats, in, uh, in, that are, boy, they just love them folks tearing up them cities, breaking America down. I'm talking about them liberal left-wing commies. They love to see our nation destroyed. They got great men in, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember you the words which are spoken before time, the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time that who should walk after their own ungodly lust, doing what they want to do. We're in that last time. We're here. We're at the door. Won't be long. It won't be long. We'll be out of here. Lust of the flesh. I want to do what I want to do. Well, there's the lust of the eye. I want everything. That's what he was talking about this morning, covetousness. That's where you got off in my message. <laughs> Covetousness. I, and I'm not going to preach this Sunday school message, but let me just say this. It's I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. You know, little children, little, little toddlers, they have this real bad. Mine. Mine. The lust of the, lust of the eyes. You know what? They have that lust of the flesh, too. No. No. They do that a lot, too. Little children, they, listen, they, they don't have the Spirit of God yet. Right? All they got, all they got is the Spirit that they learn in this world. They can't, they can't help it. You say, well, you shouldn't talk about little kids that way. Well, listen, they ain't saved yet. They're born in sin, can't help it. That's the way they are. That's why they need Jesus. That's why we ought to teach them everything we can so they can get saved as soon as possible because they have a sin nature. It's unchecked, except with a paddle. Amen? Amen. I didn't say I didn't say a, I didn't say a, 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 a unkind word. I said a paddle. Amen. <clears throat> but the lust of the eye. Ecclesiastes, a verse he quoted this morning, five, ten, and eleven. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. That lust of the eye never is satisfied. Nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. I remember some some rapper said, "More money, more problems." That's right. That's what God's saying. The more money you get, the more, the more things that's going to eat up your stuff. 
You'll never be satisfied. You'll always be chasing that dream of having more than anybody else. I was watching an interview with that, that commie George Soros, and he was just talking about his, his conquest, that he, he had to bring down America because it, he, just, he just gets rich off of the failings of nations. So it's in his best interest to see America fail. That's what he said financially. He's, he's obsessed with riches and power. That's the lust of the eye. That's his world. That's this world. And then there's the pride of life. Well, little kids don't have that one. We only get that when we get older. We think we know something because we've lived. Well, you know, I think teenagers have that, don't they? Well, they have that in spades, don't they? <laughs> I heard preachers say one time, said, said you, and, and young preachers are the same way too. He said, you know what? He said, you know what young preachers and wasps have in common? Everybody said, no. He said, they're both their biggest when they first hatch. And that's, that's the truth. Well, a preacher first gets into ministry. He thinks he knows it all, and, and then God has to knock him down a few notches. Amen. And when we're young, and even sometimes when we get older, we think we've learned so much, and we just know more than everybody else. But you know, the Bible says in Psalm 73, 6, it says, Therefore pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. When you're full of pride, can't nobody tell you anything. God sure can't tell you anything when you're full of pride. God hates pride. And that's, what, that's what's going on right now in our country, isn't it? People are proud. They're proud. Listen, uh, who was it? Charles Spurgeon, he said, he said be, be, not, be not proud of, of, of race, faith, place, or grace. You know, the only thing we got to boast in is Jesus. That's it. Amen. Listen, I, and, and I, I wasn't so special. He saved me because I was special. Amen? I got nothing to brag on. I'm just thankful he saved me. So you say, why are you telling me all these things, these, these lusts of the flesh, lusts of the eyes, pride of life? Because that's what God is warning us against. That's why the world hates us, because we don't have that lust. I want to do whatever I want to do, and I want to have what I want to ever, whatever I want to have, and I know more than you, and I'm better than you. No. That's not what a Christian is to be. We're to esteem the other better than ourselves. Amen? We're supposed to humble ourselves and bear one another's burdens. That's not pride of life. God tells us to come out from that mess, come out from among that. He said, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the way he describes us. We're to come out from all that garbage. Verse 20, he said, Remember the words that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. Why should we expect not to go through any troubles in life? Why should we expect the world to, to love us? They didn't love him. John, he's reminding them of John, over in John 13, 16 and 17. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Jesus had just washed their feet. Okay? What is he teaching them to do? He's teaching them to bear one another's burdens, washing one another's feet, helping one another stay clean as we walk through this world. 
That's what he's talking about. And again, Peter came at him and he said, well, wash me head to toe. And he said, I don't need to do that. You're already washed. Only your feet needs washed. So he's saying, look, you're not greater than me. You need to humble yourself. Humble yourself. So what am I supposed to do, Lord? I'm supposed to help one another. I'm supposed to love my brother and sister. I'm supposed to keep myself humble and not be about trying to get all I can get in this world. I'm supposed to be about trying to help other people get what they need. That's what a true Christian is all about. It's about trying to get as many people to join them in heaven as you possibly can before you go there. That's what being a Christian is all about. Amen? It's not about how pretty you can sing a hymn. It's not about how much you can give. It's not about how many times you can attend. It's not about any of that. It's not about how many Bible verses you know. Listen, it's about trying to get as many other people into heaven with you as you can take. In Isaiah 53, 1 through 3, again, he says, The servant's not greater than his Lord. He said, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who has God showed himself to? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. Speaking of Jesus, he hath no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Listen to the way he's described. He is despised. He is despised. He is despised and rejected of men. They don't want him around. Get rid of him. They tried to run him off a cliff. They couldn't stand his words. They tried to kill him at every turn. They tried to trick him up. They tried to trip his words, trip him up in his words so they could holler blasphemy. They tried their best. He's a man of sorrow. He came on a mission of love, and all he received was hate. He came and he wept over Jerusalem because they rejected him. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thee together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, let me ask you a question. If that's who Jesus is, and he said the servant is not greater than his Lord, then shouldn't we expect to be despised? Shouldn't we expect to be rejected? Shouldn't we expect to have some hurt and have some grief that we carry around as we go through this world? Shouldn't we be expected to have all the same kinds of things going on in our life that went on in Jesus' life? Because, listen, he said the servant's not greater than his Lord. We shouldn't expect to live on a flowery bed of ease when our Savior didn't have that. And let me tell you something. If you're going through life on a flowery bed of ease, you're not, you're not walking in his footsteps, I can tell you that. Verse 21. i got to hurry. we got to get done. The food, I can smell it. Amen. Verse 21. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because you belong to me, because you are called... You say, well, they wouldn't call Christians yet. Yeah, but he knew they was going to be. Man, for my name's sake, because you're called after my name. That's why they're going to do it to you, because they know not him that sent me. They don't know God. They claim to know God. They say they know God, but they don't know God. They don't know him at all. <clears throat> Matthew 5, 11 and 12, Blessed are you when men shall revile you. Blessed, you're blessed, God says, when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. They'll slander you. Oh, I mean, I got preacher friends, and, and, and I got one sitting right here this morning. Brother Wally, I reckon how many times you've been locked up preaching the Word of God. 
You have any idea? A bunch. <laughs> Was you ever locked up for 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 for? Well, I'm not going to ask you that, but I'm just. <laughs> I was gonna ask you if you ever got out, gotten a, gotten a, got locked up for being rowdy and why you was doing it, but I'm I, I mean, raising up your voice like a trumpet ain't being rowdy. That fellow there can preach like, like a trumpet. But you know why he went to jail because he loved Jesus, and he wouldn't back down. And you know what? I respect him for that. Got a lot of other friends who've been arrested. Some lately that have been arrested, taken off the street in handcuffs. Why? Because they wouldn't quit preaching Jesus, not screaming in people's faces and telling them the, telling them that they're sorry and no count and all that, but just preaching the truth of the gospel, where these people are congregated, rioting and tearing down things, and they've gone out among them to preach the word of God. And instead of them arresting the looters and the rioters, they arrest the preacher man. That I'll tell you where this world's at. Luke 6.22, Blessed are ye when men shall hate you. We read that and go, huh? Well, it's just they're identifying you. That's why they hate you. Jesus said, you're blessed because you're with me. It's not that they hate you that you're blessed. You're blessed because you're with me. And that's why they hate you. So we can rejoice because we are in Jesus Christ if we're saved. I mean, we have his peace. We have his security. We have, listen, they, what can man do to you? You say, well, they can arrest me. Well, what's that going to do to you? <laughs> they can kill you. As Dr. John R. Rice said when he was stopped on a street in Dallas, Texas, and a man put a gun in his chest and said, give me all your money, he said, you can't threaten me with heaven, son. You know why? He knew where he was going. He wasn't afraid. You blow, my, you blow a hole in my heart, I'll wake up in two seconds with Jesus Christ. How is that a threat? Verse 22, we've got to hurry. We're getting come, come down to the end. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. You see, when Jesus came and he, pro- he proved to them who he was, they saw who he was, they knew who he was, they realized this is the Messiah, but he didn't come the way we wanted him to. He didn't come in military force. He didn't come and run the Romans out of here. He didn't come and set up his kingdom. So we're going to reject him because it wasn't what we wanted. No, what did he do? He came and he preached the truth and exposed their sin. John three eighteen through 21, He that believeth on me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. That's why they hated him, because he, he turned the light on the roaches. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Romans 1.20, For the invisible things of him, which from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, Jesus said they know, but they just don't want to follow me because they want to do what they want to do. They love their self more than they love me. They love their self more than they love God. They are their own God. 
There's so many people. I'm telling you, it breaks my heart, folks. There are so many people who say in this day and time that they're Christians, but they don't serve the Lord God Almighty. They serve their self. They don't know him as Lord. They've never known him as Lord. It was just a, pray, a prayer, some words they said somewhere just to get somebody off their back, and they, they're under the false impression that they're born again. There's never been a change in them. They ain't not, there's no desire to call him Lord or follow him as Lord. Let me tell you something. Yeah, again, I said it last Sunday. I'll say it again this Sunday. I'll say it to the end of time. If God, if something as big as God moves into you, he's going to stick out somewhere. You can't hide him if he's really in there. James 4, 17, listen to what the Bible says here. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You know what? Them, 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 them Jewish leaders, they knew right from wrong, but they just chose to avoid doing right. Today, you can't say people don't know right from wrong. They know right from wrong. They just choose to do wrong. They don't want to know what's right. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to be reminded. That's why they hate us. Jesus said in verse 23, He that hateth me, hateth my Father also. He that stands in rejection of the gift of God of salvation through Christ Jesus the Son has rejected the Father that sent him. I'm going to tell you today, sad as it is, every Jew in Israel who claims to know God the Father but rejects God the Son is on their way to hell. It's sad. They still are in denial. They still are in rejection. They will continue to be until halfway or at the point where the, the, where the, where the Antichrist reveals himself in the temple, to the rebuilt temple to be the... He, he'll reveal himself and claim to be God. And at that point, that's when they'll believe, but not until then. And I'm going to tell you, they talk about Judeo-Christian values, but when it comes down to crunch time, they'll turn on us too because they don't know God. And I pray for them. I love them. I'm not anti-Jew. Listen, I pray for them because you know what? They're God's chosen people. But the simple fact is, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have salvation. They need to be saved. Some of them will. A few will. A small portion will. I've met some saved Jews. Their whole family turns their back on them, won't have a thing to do with them. They're, they're dead to them. That's how bad they hate Christ. You don't, Listen, that's one of the toughest things in the world for a Jew to come to Christ because they lose everything of this world. See, you and I, we come to Christ, and we may not have to lose everything. We may not have to give up everything. We're blessed. We live in a nation with a bunch of Christian people. And listen, we, we, we got it good. But it ain't always going to be that way. Verse 24, we're almost done. Coming down to the end. Got my landing gear down. We're circling the field, looking for places to land. All right, verse 24. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. You see... They couldn't deny his miracles. They couldn't. And they, they realized. Realized, you know, he's got to be him, but we don't want him. John 11, 47 through 50. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council, and they said, what, what, what do we? What are we going to do? 
for this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. You hear that? Lost men said that. If we don't do something, everybody's going to believe on him. Well, praise God. They want to stop that, you see. He didn't want all men to believe on him. And that's the same way with, the, with these false apostles of this world. That's the same thing with, with, the, with the heathen of this world. They don't want people believing on him because then there'll be more people exposing the light to them. And the more light there is, the more they see their own darkness, and they don't want it. And you know, I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of that passage. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. See, they cared more about they cared more about their physical existence, their comforts, uh, everything. They cared. They had more national pride than they had concern for their soul. We don't need to fall into that in America either. I'm a patriotic fellow, but I'm going to tell you right now that flag right there. I know men died for it. I, and, I, and I honor every one of them for dying for it. But I'm tell you right now, I hold this book right here above that flag. That flag right there, that flag wraps in the Catholics and everybody else. You realize that? They claim that flag too. All of them do. Hey, this book's above all of it. This book's above every oath, every pledge, every everything. This book's above it all. Amen. That's right. He said, Then one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. He was only concerned about political power. He wasn't concerned about his soul. And in verse 25, and we're coming to the end, But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their, in their law. They hated me without a cause. Christ didn't come to hurt anybody. Christ didn't come to ruin anybody. Christ didn't come to put anybody in bondage. Christ came to set men free. Christ came to deliver men. Christ came to give men life. But you see, they were enjoying their, their death. I think it's Proverbs 8.36. says, All them that hate me love death. They'd rather have death than life. Psalm 69.4, They that hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of mine head. They would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully. They that would destroy me, being mine enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. Jesus said they hated me without a cause. But I restored that which I took not away. You see, what did he do? He went to the cross of Calvary to give salvation, to give, to give man away to come back to God. Jesus didn't take that away. Man did. Sin took that away. He said, that's all I came for. I came to restore the relationship. I didn't. I came to put something back that I didn't take away. They hated me without a cause. A man named J.C. McCauley said these words. He, he said, if the world has nothing better than a cross for Jesus, 
it will not have a royal carriage for his followers. If only thorns for him, there will not be garlands for us. We are in enemy territory. Let us not expect the treatment of friends. I think that's why Jesus just got through saying, love one another. We're going to need one another's love because there's so many enemies out there who want us dead. There's so many enemies who would try to stop the gospel and prevent the preaching of it that we need to support and help and love and lift up one another. And we need to rally together because I can tell you, that sounds, oh, it sounds hopeless. I don't want to leave you with hopeless, okay? I'm going to tell you like I've been saying here for weeks now. The only way we can change this world we live in, the only way we can make any difference You and I cannot start a movement that will sweep across the nation and change everything, okay? There ain't no political movement that will do that. There's not a man we can put in office. There ain't a bunch of people we can put in office to change all that. The only way that we can change that is one by one. Telling them that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven, that he's the only way to be free from the persecution of this world. And you say, well, he just said you'll be persecuted. But, oh, but if I'm in him, I got a shock absorber that, that takes every bit of that blow. I've said this before, but I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a funeral home about to walk past a casket. And there stands a wife, an elderly woman, at the head of her husband's casket. And the mourners came come through. And they're all weeping, wiping tears, and looking over in that casket at the dearly departed. And then they look up at his wife and she's got a smile and eyes that are gleaming. And she's comforting them. You say, well, she ought to be weeping and bawling. No. He knows where he's at. Amen? He's free from this old world. Never have to worry about it again. She knows. I'll tell you something. If you're in Christ, this world can rage and roar and do what it wants to, but it can't touch what I got. It can't destroy me because I have something that's in him, and he's got it, and he's got me protected, and he's got me in his hands. And underneath of the everlasting arms, and I'm I'm in His hand, and He said, and His hand's in the Father's hand, and it's sealed by the Spirit of God unto the day of redemption. I'm sealed, and I'm there forevermore. I'm on the winning side. I don't have to let this destroy me. I don't have to let this beat me down. I don't have to go around uh, feeling feeling depressed. I don't have to. I may choose to, but I don't have to, because in Christ I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. More than a conqueror. So the whole world's against me. Well, then I'm against the whole world. But with me and Jesus, that's a majority. Get next to him. Get close to him. Find out what he wants you to do. Not find out what he wants the church to do. No, find out what he wants you to do. Because, see, he's got a purpose for every one of us. There are people, listen to me, there are people that only you would be able to reach. Only you. God's design, God's plan, before he ever spoke this world into existence, he's planned for you to go to them about the need of their soul.
said, well, I don't know how. Well, stick around. We'll teach you. Amen? Keep coming. We'll teach you. It's not hard. It's not complicated. Listen, great thing about being in, in this Christian faith and God telling you to go do something. And hey, listen, I'd, I'd, hate, I'd hate to be a Buddhist trying to convert people to Buddhism because I ain't got none of Buddha's help because Buddha's dead. Buddha's still dead. You can go find where Buddha's buried. I mean, build as many statues as they want to about him all over the world. I mean, I think they got one down at the donut shop down the road. Got a statue of some little god up on top of their refrigerator. I'd hate to have to serve something like that, serve some little statue, little plastic statue. No, my God's alive. And God not only tells me to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, but he says, he said he'll go with us. It, it says in, in, in the last chapter of Mark, it said, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. He was already gone back to heaven. But he's still working with them. And he's working with me this morning, and he'll work with you. Listen, the world may hate us, but that's because they don't know Christ. If they knew Christ, guess what? They won't be enemies no more. And that's the only way they were ever going to fix this world. You say, we're going to fix it? I doubt it. But I'm going to try to win as many as I can until he comes. Let's stand together. <clears throat> uh, let me speak to you this morning. Just a moment. Don't turn me off because we, because it's time to have an invitation. I just want to speak to you just a moment. You've been sitting there listening to this message. I wonder, is God dealing with you about something? Maybe maybe you're here this morning and you've never come to Christ and asked Him to be your Savior. Maybe God showed you that you that you're lost in your sins and that sin's going to put you in hell if you don't if you don't trust Christ, if you don't come to him and accept his salvation. I'm gonna tell you, today would be the great day to do that. I guarantee you there's people all over this room right here that would rejoice if you came to Christ and got saved. I, I know so. Maybe this morning's the day you need to come and rededicate yourself to God. And say, Lord, you know, I, I, ain't been, I ain't been perfect and I fell down and I've messed up a lot. But, Lord, if you'll use me, I'll, I'll be used of you. I'll, I'll put myself in your hand and I'll, I'll trust you to take me and do with me what you will. Because, Lord, I know you ain't never going to do me wrong. Oh, he'll take you and use you. Maybe you need to come and bring some sin that's in your life and, and bring it to him and repent and give it to him so you can be free from that, that thing that's kept you in bondage, that's kept you over there in the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. Whatever your need this morning, this is the place to do it. This is the hospital for Christians. This is where we get well. Come and do business with him. There's an altar right here. There's an altar right there. If you need prayer, I'll kneel and pray with you. We'll take as much time as we need. That food can wait. and We'll, do, we'll take care of spiritual business before we take care of our physical needs. I urge you today, don't let this moment pass you by. Father in heaven, Lord, we come before you now. We turn it over to you, and we ask you, Lord, for your power. We ask you, Lord, that you work in hearts. Holy Ghost of God, walk up and down these pews. Deal with folks. Deal with folks about their matters, Father. I just pray, Lord, that you'll, that you'll do a work in a heart today, Lord. You have your way now in this service. We give you the glory and the praise, and we'll thank you for what Jesus will do. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing 403, but I'm not so worried about you singing as I am you. You, you talk to God. You do business with God as we sing this morning. 403. Pass.
me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Number three, trusting only in thy merit, would I seek thy faith? Heal my wounded, broken spirit. Save me by thy grace. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Amen. Well, I trust that that you'll that you'll do business with God if He's dealing with you about something. One time, sometime today, I urge you to. If God, if even if He's just barely talking to you about something, listen. He speaks in a still small voice. You got to get quiet and get along with Him. Turn it over to Him. Say, God, are you satisfied? You know, it's a sign. I'm I'm, I'm gonna hush in a minute. I promise. But there's a sign between here and uh, and I thirty. It's right past Anona, on the left. A sign has dealt with me more than any preacher. I used to drive that road all the time. You know what it says? Is God satisfied with your life? Y'all ever seen that sign? Right past down on it. Years ago, I was talking to a, a man that went to church with me. He said, you know, I, I run into the man that, 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 that come up with the idea for that sign. And he said, I got his phone number. I called the man. And I told him how much that meant to me that they put that sign out there. That, that dealt with my heart so many times. And I ask you today, is God satisfied with your life? Take that one home with you. Amen. We're going to have a word of prayer, and we're going to go back down the hall, back yonder in the fellowship hall, and there's plenty of food. We're going to chow down and have us a good time. Amen. And I urge you to stay with us. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going we're gonna to ask the Lord to bless the food, and we'll be dismissed. Brother Tony, dismiss us in prayer. Amen. Amen. All right. You wait with us. Amen. Well, I can't hang around too long. I got a birthday party. I got to go to with my grand grandson. They don't. They don't know how to have a party on any day but Sunday. I guess. All right, brother. Uh, I think we're gonna have Italian. I think what it is. Oh yeah. I'm so glad y'all come today. Yes, ma'am. Appreciate that, brother. God bless you. All glory to the Lord. Amen. Okay.
in contractions? Sporadically. Okay. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh. <laughs> now, who'd you say them folks were? Brother in law. Mm-hmm. His wife and my wife are sisters. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm warm. <laughs> it's going, but it didn't cool me off. <laughs> I may need to go stand in front of it, I think. Just get sit down in the chair and let it blow on me. A little moist. Miss Charlotte. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, sister. That was good. Amen. We just keep stomping through the same weeds, brother. We keep stomping through the same weeds. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. You were one edge of the Well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we stepped in the same hole, though, didn't we? Uh, well, <laughs> just, you go right here, sis. I'm going to be on beach tent with what you have next. Oh, yeah, right. I don't know how to go from there. but that, that, That's a pasture I'm going to be in. All right. Bless you, man. God, man, I'm glad to see you today. Amen, brother. Appreciate that. Praise God. I need to move my membership back here. Since it's chucked so bad, we're across the river there. I've been here for a long while. Bro. Amen. Amen. Be glad to have you as a member here. Absolutely. Wow. Amen. Mm-hmm. I remember them. Yeah. Wow, pretty good deal. 
Real good deal. Right. There ain't no telling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I ain't no telling. You read a Capizzi's over in Paris? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they could, they could, uh, that, that lady that lady ran a place passed away, but her husband, I mean, her son's running it now. But it's, yeah. She, I don't know whether they Catholic or what, but I know she was super, super sweet to us. And she, on Thanksgiving every year, a regular customer, she'd tell them right before Thanksgiving, she'd say, yeah, you'll come back, y'all come over here on Thursday for lunch. We're going to feed everybody Thanksgiving. And they uh, and they wouldn't charge you nothing. They just bring you a plate of Thanksgiving dinner. You all you had to do was show up and sit down. They feed you. Yeah, she 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 took care of her customers. Sure it is. Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Keeping Robert behaving. I'm doing. No, keeping Robert behaving. No, I don't even try. Keeping his hair fried. We come find somewhere to work at. Man, they hiring everywhere. I mean, I I I see it constantly. Go to that Indeed dot com. I n d e d I n d e d. Uh, on you ain't gonna wait. It. Well, I think say if you do. Yeah, but they post them. They post them on there all the time. I, I I get alerts all the time on there that they're, you know, the job here, job there, whatever. They were. I can't guarantee you they still are, but no, it's working somewhere over there. Campbell, he's working. Uh, Operate 